0: Alright first things first 9am get the sticker replaced On the RV so we're legal Call CAA to upgrade our packages Put that carpet in Get winter gear together Make sure the lantern is working Fill the coolant in oil Call Bergen make sure he passes over his camel pack Get knives and cooking gear Put the sheets in Get slippers Find the best shovels Generator Make sure we have the jumper cables Blankets Call mom tell her your lover See you later Hit the road <laughs> Wow, here we are. Welcome to the very first episode of the Open Road Podcast. My name is Jeremy. My name is Calvin. And we're excited to start this podcast. Oh, we're pumped. So, a couple of years ago, when was it? It was between my second and third year of university. I was with some friends, and we decided to drive across Canada. And it was five of us, and we said, what better what better thing to do than in an old RV?" Or an RV or some sort of vehicle. So we took to Kijiji, typed in RV and looked for under $5,000 and found this beauty 1979 RV. Kijiji. Kijiji. $2,000. Gotta love Kijiji. Bucks. Gotta love it.
1: Kijiji is great. It can also be terrible, depending <laughs> on who you get and what kind of haggler you are. Because anyone is loud on there.
0: We drove this thing off the when we bought it. We were so excited. Literally 20 kilometers down the highway, all of our tires were flat. <laughs> So, yes, it can be either great or it can be terrible. And this
1: taillight warranty. Like, nothing you can do.
0: (laughs) Nothing you can do. The money is gone. Money
1: money is already spent
0: by that dude. It could be offshore. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. So, we bought this RV, and we had been on a couple other trips uh, as a group together. We had been down to do uh, some service projects in uh, the southern states we had been to Israel Palestine and done some learning uh, uh, over there and so when we thought of this trip we said let's let's figure out a little bit more um, let's figure out a purpose to this trip and so basically as we traveled across the country we looked for people uh, who who needed something done for them whether it was gardening or chopping wood or um, we bought lots of meals for people, but we tried to kind of have this um, this ongoing mission of service as we were traveling.
1: Yeah, it's cool. A bunch of young guys getting together. So there's lots of, like you said, service. It's amazing the number of different things that came about that people just needed done, They're just little tasks. And, and it's fun. It's fun when, you know, if you guys get together
0: and bang out a job. Absolutely. You're walking past a guy who's raking his leaves, then four of you guys go and, and blitz it. It's pretty cool.
1: And then next thing you know, guy setting you up with a bottle of homemade wine (laughs) free wine it's It's amazing
0: so anyways the first trip we went on was five weeks uh, to the west coast of canada we drove all the way across the country ran into many challenges Uh, the next one after that is one that calvin joined me and a couple other guys on and that was three weeks through the east coast of canada since then we've done a bunch of other trips uh, down to washington dc and scranton pa for all you office fans out there Um, We've done uh, all kinds of bachelor parties. And and just now that we have this RV, it's it's like basically an adventure mobile.
1: Oh, it's limitless opportunity.
0: And so, you know, now we're a little bit uh, a little bit more tied up with our, you know, nine to five jobs. And we're we're married now. So things are a little bit calmer. We can't necessarily take five weeks just to we're
1: getting boring.
0: (laughs) We're getting boring. So what do you do when you get boring? Start a podcast. You start a podcast. So the Open Road Podcast uh, is what we are going to uh, be doing now. We're talking about some stories, but more than that is figuring out, okay, so now that our lives look like this, how can we continue to find Mm -hmm. adventure in the everyday?
1: So here's how it's going to work. We're going to be interviewing people in five different categories. One, exploration and the outdoors. Two, food and drink. Three, sport and hobby. Four, arts and culture. And five, commerce and entrepreneurship.
0: Exactly. So we think these are interesting areas where there's people doing interesting things and we'll have cool stories to share. So every episode we're going to focus on one of these areas uh, to kind of get a holistic picture of what it means to live every day and adventure. But for this first episode, what we're going to do is we're actually going to go back to some of uh, some of our friends who have actually been on some of these uh, road trips that we've been on over the years. And we are going to hear some interesting stories from them. So for this first episode, a little bit of a, uh, an easier episode to ease us into to what we're doing. So let's stay tuned for some stories uh, from the road.
2: Hi there, my name is Tyrone McGuire, and I have had the privilege of being on multiple open road trips a couple um, to D.C., to Florida, and the story I'm going to talk about today actually takes place on that Open Road Project D.C. trip, but not in Washington, but a quaint little town known as Scranton, Pennsylvania. And if any bells are ringing in your mind right now about where that is, you may have been as big of a fan of the show The Office as Jeremy and I were. Now, Michael Scott is one of the greatest tv characters of the 21st century in my mind and so when we were looking at our route uh trying to loop back to canada and saw that there was one that could take us through scranton pa well we thought we just had to check it out and so we rolled in on a friday night and just were looking to see a couple familiar sites something from the show something uh to just make it feel like we had been there before and we started driving around and before too long we found out it's uh It's a pretty sketchy place, and there wasn't really much going on. You could tell it had been an industrial town just pumping out paper, but it was now pretty run down, and there really wasn't much going on. And we even uh, tried to go to, there's a pub in the show that they frequent called Poor Richards, and we walked in. You found it in the corner of a bowling alley. We sat down and... Thirty seconds later, we had to get up and leave, and that is the most I've ever felt like an outsider in my life. We just did not belong there, so we decided we were going to park the RV for the night, head out first thing in the morning, and just really cut our losses, which was a bit unfortunate. But, um, you know, we decided we needed one last pick-me-up, and where do you go when you're down? McDonald's. So, while waiting in line to get a Big Mac, I turned and looked at the Scranton Times newspaper and saw that the next day, Saturday morning, was something called the office wrap-up party. We continued to read. There was going to be a breakfast at the University of Scranton with all the cast members. There was a parade. There was a celebration at the PNC Park later that night. Our fortunes had definitely turned. And so we decided to, rather than leave first thing in the morning, get over to the University of Scranton. And when we got there, there was a buzz on the campus. This place was packed, there was excitement, people dressed up as characters, fans of the show, signs everywhere. We got in just after the breakfast for bloggers where we were able to luckily stumble upon a bunch of memorabilia that had so uh, fortunately left been uh, left behind, um, went down to the University Auditorium, just walked up to the front of the line, started chatting with some student volunteers who are about our age. One thing led to another, they had friends with VIP tickets to a behind-the-scenes panel with all the executive producers. We got those for free. So here we are now sitting a couple rows back of all the producers of the show, a couple cast members, and this was all after we were just gonna leave the night before, so after then being a part of the parade, shaking hands with the cast, getting them to sign our RV guest book, um, it really just taught me the lesson that I think when you're out on the road, you really want to expect the unexpected. I mean, Jeremy and I had been fans of the show and wanted to go, Just again, to hopefully get a sight or two, say we had been there, and roll on through. And especially when that first night had been a bit disappointing, I really didn't think much would happen. And that's when um, I think once you, or I had come to terms with, you know what, maybe it's just not meant to be. That's when everything started going right for us. So I think when you're out on the road or just seeking adventure and um, making sure to look for those opportunities, you really can... Expect the unexpected and know that uh, if you're out there and you're seeking those good times and those adventures, they're going to find you one way or another, especially um, in not maybe the ways that you would have really originally envisioned it.
3: My name is Katie and I am married to... Jeremy. I had the distinct privilege of being among the first women to take a road trip in uh, the infamous RV named Lily. That trip was in April of 2015. Six friends, Jeremy and me included, drove the RV to Sanibel Island in Florida. The whole reason we took the RV in the first place was because the boys convinced us that the cost savings of taking the RV as opposed to purchasing six flights made it worthwhile. So uh, the three of us girls who were present said, okay. Now, Jeremy and his faithful friends will have you believe that Lily the RV is the equivalent of Tim McGraw's shiny tour bus. I am here to tell you the truth. Lily, while full of character is a nasty pos first of all the interior is this awful lurid 70s brown color jeremy has hung his treasonous taste in art on the walls Um, there's a a hole adjacent to where the brake pedal is which is actually quite problematic in non-tropical climates as we discovered shivering in the back seat there is a subwoofer where the sink belongs. The now defunct bathroom is full of costumes and knitted slippers and assorted sporting equipment because who needs a working lavatory when you have a pee hose to trail out the back of the RV? Obviously, not us ladies. All these observations aside, driving around Florida in this eyesore set the tone for many memories. I'm definitely grateful we made it south and back in one piece. My adventuring tip is to be willing to take a risk, such as boarding a nearly 40-year-old RV. Also, make lots of lists and map out every Starbucks along your route. You'll be grateful for the Wi-Fi and the latte. Cheers!
4: Hi guys, Jamie Grant is here to recall uh, a story of adventure from our West Virginia open road trip. So uh, the premise of this trip was to drive down to West Virginia and climb the Spruce Knob, which for those of you who don't know, is the highest peak on east of the Mississippi. So we drive down, um, you know, make it to West Virginia, uh, get off on the side roads, start driving up country roads. We're trying to just get to the place in this mountain range that's as close as possible to the Spruce Knob. So we get out of our, we, we find somewhere to park, we get to an elevation, we just can't drive our RV anymore. Uh, we park the RV on the side of the road and we get out and just continue to trek by foot. So we keep going down the road as, as long as uh, for a little bit and uh, until we get to the point where we see this, there's this fence um, kind of, uh, and there's a herd of cows amongst us in the road walking past this and we see this sign on this fence post that says, um, and I won't forget the wording, uh, if you can read this, you are in range. So we decided at that point might be a good time to get off the road uh, and so we took a consensus around the group which we thought which of the peaks in the, in the, in the range was the spruce knob and we decided to beeline for it. So now we're, we're off the road we're checking through the snow about knee deep high and after about an hour we, di- we see this, uh, this, this building or, or structure in the distance um, and we decide that our next stop, we're going to take a break there. So we, and about half an hour later, we make this cabin, uh, and pretty quickly we realize what it is with the, kel- the shell casings uh, scattered around it uh, and the NRA stickers inside, um, and two pairs of binoculars. We realize this is a hunting, a hunting cabin. So, uh, being curious guys like we were, we pick up the binoculars and are using them to first look up at the spruce knob. Um, and, and down below, I think it was Dylan that first said, Down below, he said, Hey, there looks like someone's there um, holding a cane. Passing off the binoculars, someone else uh, thinks that I'm pretty sure that's not a cane. It looks like someone's using the scope of a gun to look back up at us. And I don't know, having, you know, I obviously had to see for myself, and it only took about a second or two before um, all I wanted to do was put the binoculars away and, and get away from that place. So, it was a bit. I'll admit, it was a bit spooky, uh, and I did feel a bit uncomfortable. Uh, 15 minutes later, as, as we're you know trekking up the mountain, out of the trees uh, comes this this truck, ready to sort of um, driving right for us, kind of trying to cut us off in our path. I happen to be uh, at the front of the pack, and so he stops you know next to me, again pretty nervous, especially having seen what we just saw, and uh, he says. First thing he says before I could even say anything, uh, y'all know this is private property, right? Uh, like we're just trying to. Uh, just all I could think about was just de-escalate, just you know, say we're here just for a little bit of adventure. We didn't mean any harm. Um, I said, you know, we're just here to climb this spruce Knob, and uh, and he said, in winter, that's uh, it's more of a summer thing, and uh, you guys are crazy type of thing, and uh, you know, there's snow drifts eight feet high up there, and, and all sort of kind of giving us these warnings, sort of skeptical in his voice. And he said, yeah, well, we're you know we're, we're Canadians down here for a little adventure. And he sort of cuts me off. Oh, y'all, Canadians. Oh, you'll be fine then with the snow. And so we kind of chuckle and just tried to, yes, yeah, sort of go along with him and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're totally used to eight foot drifts. Meanwhile, it's not typical for here either. At that point, his wife leans in and says, well, I don't see y'all at least having a gun, do you? And we sort of said, no, um, we have a machete. <laughs> she said, well, you know, for the bears and the cougars, you might want to bring a gun and obviously you know there's no there's nowhere to get a gun along the way so we just said well um, no we think we'll be fine we have we have some knives and machetes Um, and what we didn't say but what we said to each other right after is (laughs) that is something we didn't even come close to considering uh, the need for but they said okay well you know on your way this is our property but you can keep walking up it Uh, so then they drive away down the down the mountain and we continue up ahead so we ended up making it to the top, you know, a couple hours later, it was a great hike. Um, we, we saw the summit, we, we took some pictures, you know, explored around a bit, found somewhere to set up camp, set up camp. Uh, couple spent, I think, two nights up there and uh, it, w- it was a great trip. So great trip, another couple hours of hiking down, get back to the rv pretty excited to finally take our packs off uh get ready to get in and and go get some nice greasy fast food uh and so jerry goes to start the engine and nothing doesn't even turn over uh barely a putter we're not unaccustomed to our rv not working unfortunately that's happened enough times so we do all the things we try to charge the battery get out the generator you know all the standard procedures um and after about an hour several attempts still nothing At this time, uh, you know, we see our first person drive past us on the road, uh, past where we were parked, and who does it happen to be but that same individual uh, that was in the truck a couple days prior? You know, so he, he... very willing you know says first yeah I figured this RV was yours and he drove past it you know on his way home and how can I help which was awesome so this individual who we later learn his name is Greg Bennett comes back with a space heater a big industrial size space heater almost looked like a jet engine to shoot heat under the RV Uh, He put up boards all around the RV to keep the heat in and we're thinking that if we can uh, warm the gas lines under the RV we can maybe get this thing started so he lends a couple hours of his help you know, brings Jordan to somewhere that he can get cell phone service. And you know, Jordan tries to call for, for a tow truck, have, having uh, realized that our efforts are, were going to be kind of futile. At this point, um, you know, Greg Greg took back his equipment. He left us. He did leave us with a little space heater for inside the RV, some extra blankets to keep warm. And Jordan hearing back from the, from the tow truck company that no one could come to where we were at our location because of the icy roads, yada yada. Um, he did say his cousin, had a, had a tow truck and he could try and get him out, out in the morning, so he leaves us. You know, we realized that our our adventure was going to be extended by a little bit as we're playing cards now uh, in our RV and you know keeping warm as soon as we can. We're trying to warm up some soup with the space heater. Uh, about an hour later hour or two, he comes back and we hear a knock on the on the RV door and he and it's Greg and he says, you know, my wife my wife uh, scolded me where where are my manners you guys should uh, come up and, and spend the night with us in our cabin uh, don't stay out in the cold here so you know being open to adventure we all agreed you know piling his truck two of us in the cab a couple of us in the bed of the truck I was one in the back and then I, I'm you know now we're now driving up looking up at the night sky it was pretty cool so we get to this you know beautiful log cabin uh, which Greg then tells he built tells us he built himself by hand. Inside there's some uh, there's Cindy Bennett, who is the woman, his wife, uh, the woman from the truck a couple days prior. Yeah, we ended up spending the night there. It was amazing hospitality. There was bacon and grits and biscuits and gr- uh, grits for us in the morning. Um, and it was it was just a really nice uh, experience to stay with someone and, and to have a nice warm bed to sleep in and just to see the way that they live. And I think I think my favorite part of this whole trip was when Greg. Now the next morning he says, "Okay, the tow truck's on its way. I'll drive you back to the RV." And I, again, I'm in the bed of the truck, and I'm sitting up this time in the daylight, looking back at this cabin that he built and the property around. Um, and as we're driving up the road, uh, we drive through through this this gate, and on the post uh, of one of the fences, there's a sign, and it says, um, "If you can read this, you're in range." And it was really really kind of crazy that uh this the sign that we saw and we did everything to avoid going down that path ended up being a place that we would spend the night only two or or two days later so uh, it was it was quite the experience and I think what I took away from it is that um, adventure is a lot about the memories you make with people and the experiences you share with people along the way and so I think you need to take this in practice if you if if you can be a Cindy and Greg Bennett for someone and help out someone who's on their own adventure, maybe they're a backpacker or someone visiting um, your city, uh, or, or when you're on your own adventure, don't be afraid to ask for help or, or to welcome the help from a stranger because it could end up being you know a really cool experience and, and adventure that you could never get um, just by yourself in a tent uh, on the Spruce Knob.
1: Wow. What great stories oh from those my, guys. I am
0: inspired Come right on, <laughs> wow. I, am so, I feel I'm so inspired. I just can't believe that I was actually there for so many of those stories. Oh. It's just like they're all fresh and I'm new. just b- being able to relive it like that? Oh, yeah, come it's on. It's just fantastic. Well, I hope that you all, all you listeners, were just as inspired as we were by those stories. And we just want to thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Open Road Podcast. That's right. All right, what do we got coming up? All right, well, coming up, every episode, my fine friends, we want to also showcase new music. We want to sort of uh, showcase up-and-coming artists, uh, and so, you know, helping yeah, we're, you discover new music.
1: Jeremy and I, being, you know, pretty big consumers of music, love this kind of thing. So, um, we got uh, a friend of Jeremy's, Eric Brandon, coming up with his feature
0: song, Paris, and there's a, there's a video for that? There is a video. He just shot one. He just actually came out with a new record. It's called Old Love, and Old this love. is one of the singles off it. It's called Paris. I was in the music video. You can no. find a link to that in the show notes, and uh, but we're gonna play that track for you right now. Let's hear it. And uh, you know, as the track, uh, but right before the track comes on, we also want to just thank you again for listening to the very first episode of the Open Road Podcast. You can uh, find us online at www.openroadpod.com. All our links to our social media are there. You can hop on our email list, uh, hear about special offers and uh, everything like that. Um, yeah, tune in uh, next week for our episode featuring a
1: friend of ours, uh, Nathan, for our food and drink category. He and this guy uh, started his own brewery in Sarnia, Ontario. So very interesting.
0: So thanks again for listening, and here comes Paris by Eric Brandon.
5: Hey there, this is Eric Brandon. The song in the podcast today is a song called Paris. It's a lighthearted diddly about love, and it's off of my new record called Old Love, uh, the record I released just a little while ago, and it's available online, anywhere you can find music, uh, or you can go to ericbrandonmusic.com for a couple videos, one including a live video of Bears. so I hope you enjoy it, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm being careful not to please. Overly cautious with everything I'm leaving some room for just you and me Forget other people
1: Once again, that track was Paris by Eric Brandon. Tune in next week for our interview with Nathan from Refined Fool Brewery. Here's a sneak peek of that episode.
0: Now, for those uh, first three beers that you brewed in your, your backyard, you said you took lots of notes. Are those beers that you still brew today? Yep, three of our main ones. It's um, Rip Snorter, which is a bourbon vanilla porter, uh, Brew Haha, which is a nut brown, and Noble Oaf, which is a rye saison. So, all three of them, uh, recipes that Dallas made up. Uh, based on just
2: like how he was understanding those styles and looking at those kinds of styles of beers and all the different
0: ones and uh, yeah, He just made them up on the spot. He had never brewed beer before in his life So I think we knew that we had the right people around the table too when there was such success right off the get-go from there